welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Giving glory to God the Father, my Creator. Giving glory to God the Son, my Redeemer. Giving glory to God the Holy Spirit, my Sustainer. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Redeemer. Thank God for the worship experience. I thank God that our church is alive and not dead. Not everybody experiences what we experience, the mighty move of a living God, Sunday after Sunday. God is good. God is worthy to be praised. Thank God for the music ministry, for ushering us into the presence of God. Yes, thank God for the music ministry. It's, it's my honor and it's my privilege to stand before the great people of the great church of the Redeemer Baptist. You ought to give yourselves a hand. As a church, we've been through a lot. But we thank God that we're still standing and we're still going somewhere. God has been good to us. We owe God praise and we owe him worship. I, I'm just so grateful for you because as I get older, I take time to sit, meditate, and reflect. And I was meditating and reflecting on how when I was 19 years old, I sat way in the back, on the left, I knew God would do some things in my life, but I had never thought God would have me stand here. So I never take it for granted. There, there, there are times that I even have to pinch myself to see if I'm dreaming. But God has been that good. But it's, it's been the people that raised me. It, it, it's been the people that have poured into my life. It's been the people that encouraged me. And even though most of them are in the cloud of the witnesses, I never want to forget what the Church of Redeemer has done, is doing, and will do for me. Amen. I'd like to thank Pastor Smith for the opportunity to be a vessel that God's going to use. I also want to thank Pastor Smith. Uh, many of you have known that I used to be a deacon with ministerial privileges. But Pastor Smith has allowed me to be a minister with pastoral privileges. 
Uh, I can't even begin to tell you. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my mother and my favorite niece that's worshiping today. Amen. Amen. And there's one more person. I, you know, I can't leave her out. I mean, I, I try hard, but let me tell you. Man, that, that sister that read them announcements, my, my, my. Woo! Mm. Man, my, my. Mm. I don't even know where to start. I really don't. I mean, if you only knew how she has enhanced my life, enhanced my ministry, uh, walked with me every step of the way. More than help me. More than help me. Baby, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Got to get to this word. Yeah, got to get to this word. Got to get to this word. Can you, can you meet me in the book of James? Now, you've heard it read in the morning scripture. But as you know, my custom, if you would keep your Bible open. Because we know it's God's word that's going to do the preaching. It's uh, James chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 1 to 4. I'll be reading the English Standard Version this morning. I know you have words that are very, very similar. I still hear page turning. That is a beautiful sound. Uh, James is after Hebrews, and James you'll find right before Peter. Uh, James is in the New Testament, sort of towards the end of the book. Amen. 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 Yeah, James, James is a short, short little letter, but it's got a powerful message. And uh, I, I, I probably ought to tell you this up front. I, I picked four verses, and at first I didn't think I had enough. And I'm studying, and I'm studying, and I'm getting my hands on everything I could get. By the time I put it all together, instead of having one sermon, I had a series. So then I have a a dilemma. What goes in, you know, what makes the final edit? (laughs) What doesn't? So we're going to let the spirit have his way. We're going to let the spirit have his way. So you should be there by now at James. All right, chapter one. Now, my Bible translation has headings. So I have the heading greedy. Verse one, it says, James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in dispersion greetings then my next heading says testing of your faith verse number two our focal verse count it all joy my brethren when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. My title, my topic, my theme, count it all joy. Now, in seminary, they teach you 
you should have a catchy topic <laughs> that draws the people in. So I got one of them for you too. Spiritual arithmetic. Spiritual arithmetic. Now, if you would, if you could pray with me, pray for me, and pray through me. Father, I need you. God, I need you to walk with me this morning. God, I need you. I need you to talk with me this morning. Father, I need you to hold my hand this morning. God, I need you like the morning needs the sun. God, I need you like the ocean needs the river. God, I need you like the beach needs the sand. Father, I need your consecration this morning. God, I need your illumination this morning. God, I need the demonstration this morning of your holy power. God, move like only you can. And have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, we say amen. 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 Well, I feel better already. So, so, so here we are, Redeemer. We're at the third Sunday of Advent. You see, Advent is the season that's at the beginning of the Christian calendar. It's, it's a season that consists of four Sundays that are designed and designated to prepare our hearts and our minds for the soon coming King, King Jesus. You see, during Advent, each of the four weeks has a particular focus. The four focuses are hope, peace, Joy and love. Amen. For the first week, Minister Richardson, oh, she preached out her soul. She preached about hope. And last week, the second week, Sister Sharice, boy, did she preach about the storm. And she preached about peace. And this morning, for a little while, as the Spirit would lead, the preaching will be about joy. You see, often during this time of the year, you'll see those three letters, J-O-Y. You, you, you'll see it on Christmas cards, billboards. You'll see it on signs. It's, it, it's during this season that our joy will a lot of times cause us to sing with uplifting voices the Christmas carols. You know, songs like, Joy to the world, our Savior is born. And in, in fact, joy is associated with the nativity scene. For in Luke's gospel, Luke 2.10, the angels are singing. And the angels say, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will come to all, all of the people. But if we, if we could just be honest, just a little while this morning, if we could just be honest. During the holiday season, 
Sometimes it can be downright difficult to have joy. You see, some of us may be missing our loved ones, ones who have gone on to be with the Lord. And during this time of year, it's difficult to have joy. I heard on the radio the other day, it wasn't one of my spiritual stations, I'm going to tell you that now. But I could relate. It said Christmas just ain't Christmas without the one you love. Y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. Then, then there's, there's many of us that live from check to check. And we find it difficult to have joy at this time of the year because our money is funny. And I change the stream. And if you have children, even grandchildren, really you want to get them gifts. But the prices of things this year, I, I, I was, you know, in my meditation, I was thinking about my kids. You know, a lot of times what your kids say is true. So my kids would say, you could always tell when daddy don't have no money. <laughs> they ain't got no joy. <laughs> but lastly, lastly, so I don't miss nobody. You could be just experiencing life. Minding your own business. You know life, right? Life is like a roller coaster. One minute you up. And the next minute there's an unexpected down. And before you know it, there's a sharp curve. An upsetting twist. Life has a way. Of bringing on problems and drama, unpleasant circumstances and situations that make it difficult to have joy. I know there's somebody here that's suffering and they've found it downright difficult to consider it all joy. Right now, somebody under the sound of my voice is going through and they just don't see the joy in this situation. But I got good news. I got good news this morning. James wants to deal with that. In fact, James wants to give us divine instructions on how to deal with life's drama, life's circumstances, and life's situations. James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. I can hear in my spirit. Some of y'all are saying, hold up, preacher. I hear you. 
That's a strange command. That's strange advice. That's strange to tell somebody that's going through, that's in the middle of hell, to tell them to count it all joy. Real talk. Real talk, preacher. Am I supposed to deny this pain in my heart, this excruciating sorrow that I'm feeling that is real, and you want me to count it all joy? Well, let me, let me get to the context of the text. In other words, let me share with you the background that is going on in the text. And I hope you haven't closed your Bible. Notice, if you will, in verse number one, James says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes of the diasporas, and he says, greetings. Somebody say, set it up, preacher. Set it up. Set it up. Now, according to biblical scholarship, James is recognized as the leader of the Christian church. In fact, James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Not only that, James is the brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope you've seen this thing. Notice how James introduces himself in verse 1. James doesn't name drop. James, the brother of Jesus, James doesn't name drop. James doesn't stick out his chest and tell you he's the pastor of the church in the most holy city in the world. No. James, James teaches us that he truly is a disciple. You see, a disciple is one that follows a teacher. James is a disciple of Jesus Christ. In other words, James makes it plain that if you're going to leave, then you first must serve. Bishop, Bishop Dale Brown puts it this way. He says, if serving is below you, then leading is beyond you. The text says, I'm in the text, text says, to the 12 tribes in dispersion. Here's what that means. And Lord, help me to paint this picture. You see, during this time, the church is suffering serious, serious, serious persecution from the Romans. You see, the persecution is a life and death manner. I'm talking about serious. It's so serious that the people, the tribes, 
that they've scattered abroad. In other words, it's so dangerous and so unsafe that they become displaced and they're hiding. Now, I hope that you can feel the level of anxiety, the level of stress, and the level of devastation that they were experiencing. In other words, you watch it on TV, right? Where you could be thrown to the lion at any minute. But they lived this. This was their everyday reality. So, when you understand the content of the text, the context of the text, in other words, when you understand what's really going on in verse number one, then you can see why James, Pastor James, is writing this note of encouragement to the congregation. James says in verse number two, right at the top of the letter, because of the seriousness of the situation, James gets straight to the point. Right at the top, James says, yo, I know the hell you're catching. Yeah. James says, but let me encourage you. Count it all joy. My brethren, when you face trials of various kinds, here's my, here's my first point. My first point is James tells us what to do. James says, count it all joy. Here's what that means. This, this word count, it's a financial term. And it, it simply means to evaluate. When James says, count it all joy, James is encouraging the Christians to evaluate the way that they look at their trials. You see, some translations use the word consider. In other words, James is calling us and challenging us to develop a new and improved attitude as we consider our trials from God's perspective. James, James says, count it all, all, all joy. Now, some of y'all might be aware that I'm currently in my second year of my PhD studies. Praise God and pray for a brother. Pray for a brother. In this, in this second year, I'm learning what they call advanced research. I'm serious. Pray for a brother. I'm serious. So I wanted to use some of the tools that I'm learning. I want to use some of the tools. So I, I, I wanted to look up the word all. Uh, just in case there might be somebody that doesn't understand the true meaning 
of the word all. So here's what I did. I researched the etymological definition in its deepest construct per the original language, and I consulted various scholarly sources, and I wrote the definition down so that I can give it to you so you can have it. All right? So you ready? You ready? Here it is. The word all, when you get to the root of the word, in its purest and in its original language, you ready? The word all means all. Count it all. Count it all. Now, let me, let me, let me help you. Let me help you with an illustration. Now, as I look and peruse the room, there's some Bible scholars in the pews. There, there's some graduates from Rice, some students from Rice. There, there's some people that really study God's word. Praise God. We have that kind of a church. So when I say this name, you ought to be familiar with it. And if you're not, just nod your head. Just nod your head. So, so Matthew Henry. See what I mean? See what I mean? Matthew is well known for his Bible commentaries of the Old and the New Testament. Now, Matthew kept a diary. And one of the situations in his diary he wrote about was when he got robbed. Now, now watch this. When Matthew Henry got robbed, he wrote three entries in his diary. The first entry he wrote was, praise God. This was the first time I got robbed. He said, praise God. The robber only took my money. His third entry was, praise God, that I was the one being robbed and not the robber. I'm trying to tell you how to count it all. Count it all, joy. Everything, good, bad, and indifference. Paul says it this way, everything is working together for my good. You ought to have joy, delight. You ought to be able to shout about and rejoice in your trials and in your situations. But sadly, truth be told, some of us are unable to do that. Amen. So first, James tells us what to do. Secondly, James tells us when to do it. And it's right here in the text. Text says, when you meet trials of various kinds, some translations say, when you fall into. Here's what they mean. James is saying, when you're surrounded by trouble, drama, problems, situations. In other words, Everywhere you look, 
It's something. And I, I, I like how the saints of old used to say, if it ain't one thing, it's another. Soon as you get finished paying one bill, here comes another bill. Soon as you get one situation straight, here's another situation. And for us parents, soon as you get one kid right, now the other one want to act up. Grandchildren too. Amen. Amen. James. James says, don't get depressed. Don't get down. Don't complain. Don't ask why me. Don't ask why now. James says, count them all with a joyful attitude. You see, when you get fired on the job, count it joy. When you get served with legal papers, count it joy. Yeah. I got a, I got a real story to tell you. Real story. I pray he's watching. Big Jeff, I hope you tuned in. I got a good friend of mine. We, we, we call him Big Jeff. You can imagine Jeff played nose tackle, defensive center, all that stuff. Big Jeff. Big Jeff is currently dealing with major, major medical struggles. Matter of fact, me and my good friend, he couldn't make it today. Isaiah, I hope you're watching too. We went to visit him in the rehab. Now, Big Jeff, Big Jeff been struggling for about 10 years with the complications of diabetes. Big Jeff has already lost the bottom half of one leg. Big Jeff is in this rehab, and, and every day, Big Jeff has been getting bad news about his other leg that he has. I'm talking about every day, he's been getting bad news about the only leg he got left. If you ever have a conversation with Big Jeff, you will never hear Jeff complain. You will never hear Jeff cry, why me? Jeff will give you so much positive reinforcement that there is no way in the world that you have a right to cry about whatever's going on in your life. I have never met a person that has such a high level of acceptance where God has them. In other words, it's got to be his daily communication with God that allows him to continue to count it all joy what he's going through. You see, that's what a mature Christian does. And the truth be told, many of us, not here Redeemer, but many of us are not mature. That's why we're moping and complaining that's why we try to find fault in others. It's because we haven't reached the point of maturity. So James, James tells us what to do. And James tells us when to do it. Lastly, James tells us why 
to do it. I'm right here. I'm in the text. Hope you ain't close your Bible. Verse 3 says, know that. In other words, you can't count it joy if you don't know verse 3. Well, preacher, what do I need to know about verse number three? That's why I love y'all. Y'all ask good questions. Y'all ask good questions. Verse three says that it's the testing of your faith that produces steadfastness. Some translations say patience. Some says perseverance. I can handle all of them. Here's what James is saying. You ought to count it joy because you know your faith is going to be tested. You've got to know there will be times in our lives where God will and God has to test our faith. You've got to know that your faith will be tested. And here, here's why that's important. Because you don't know if your faith is legitimate until it's been tested. You don't know if your faith is real until it's been tested. You don't know if God really can bring you out of a situation that only God can. Somebody ought to say, my faith has to be tested. That's how I know it's real. I know it's real. Clarification. God doesn't tempt us. Tempting leads to negative destruction in bad situations. God doesn't tempt us. But God tests us. Can I tell you what testing means? Testing means when I don't have enough money to pay all my bills, I still pay my tithes. Y'all don't hear me. You see, testing means when my boss don't treat me right, I don't respond likewise. Testing means when my co-workers act funny and want to throw shade, that I don't respond like I'm from South Philly. Testing. Yeah. You see, when I've been tested, I trust God to work it out. Because I know God will fix it. You see, I believe God to be a way maker. I believe God to be a burden bearer. Therefore, I wait on the Lord. Because I've seen him work it out. I've seen him make it right. I've seen him. Fix it for me without me even having to say a word. You see, when your faith 
gets tested. And you see God work a miracle. The next time. Because there's a next time. I want you to know there is a next time. The next time. My faith has been boosted. That I know he will. I just know he will. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I know who. He will. Yes, he will. I'm almost, I'm almost finished. Amen, amen. I wanted to see how many take my times I would get. I, I got, I got one or two. Amen, amen. See, your faith has to be tested to produce steadfastness, to produce patience, to produce perseverance. Can I teach for a little while? Can I tell you what that means? That simply means I'm going to continue to walk with God regardless of what my situation says. You ought to write that down. That means I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep obeying. I'm going to keep doing regardless of what my situation says. I can cheerfully walk with God. I can cheerfully abide with God even though my situations and circumstances look strange. God, God is saying, I want to put you through a test, David, so that your steadfastness, so that your patience, so that your perseverance, David, can be developed. Some of y'all, not here, Redeemer. Some of y'all can't stick or walk with God through hell and high water because you ain't been through nothing. So we got to be careful how we judge young people because they ain't been through nothing yet. Give them time. Give them time. In my meditation this morning, I walked through these doors when I was 19, but I didn't become a member until I was 27. You figure it out. I still have one foot in the world. And one foot trying to get it right. God told me, treat your kids. They got one foot in and one foot here. They'll get here. Give them time. Let them go through something. <laughs> They'll know where to come from when it's time. So, so the text said, you have to have confidence and you got to know that when you're going through that you can stay right where you're at because we know God will work it out. In other words, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to leave the church. 
you don't have to join another ministry. Because sooner or later, God is going to work it out. He may not come when we want him to come. But what we do know, whenever he comes, it'll be the right time. All we have to do is wait on the Lord and be of good cheer. In other words, I'm going to stick with God because of my steadfastness. I'm going to stick with God the whole time I'm going through my situation. James says, for your steadfastness to have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Let me unpack that for you. It, it, it doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. Perfection is not what we can get. What this word means, or this word perfect means, it means maturity. Or it means full age. It means that you have matured yourself so that you know how to respond to life's adversities. In most churches, not every day. They have a lot of immature Christians who don't know how to behave and how to respond to life situations in a mature manner. James says, listen, listen, listen. When it comes to the testing of your faith, James says, count it joy. Because you experiencing various types of situations or trials you ought to know that your faith is being tested and that is going to produce and bring you to the level of maturity so that you can be complete. This, this word complete, it means in character. In other words, in your Christian character that you will not be lacking nothing. Now here's, here's why. I love this passage. I don't know if you can tell it or not. But here's why I love this passage. Because it has given me the ability, the mindset, and the fortitude to be able to go through whatever it is that God wants me to go through and to be able to count it all, count it all joy. Yes, you see, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Richard Smallwood said that Jesus is the center of my joy. Yes, so instead of crying, instead of saying, why me? God says rejoice, rejoice. In God's spiritual arithmetic, God will, God will, God will use, he'll use our drama, he'll use our pain, he'll use our trials to make us mature, God will, yes he will, God will use our situations, he'll use 
our circumstances. God will use whatever God needs to use so that we're mature, complete, and lacking nothing. God is able. He's able. He's able. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I can count it joy because I know who I serve. Yes. Woo. Woo. Can I get two more minutes? Can I get two more minutes? I'm, I'm talking a real two minutes, not Baptist time two minutes. You know, morning sickness occurs as a result of a fertilized egg being embedded in the womb. Morning sickness, which simply means that in about nine months, something joyful, something positive is going to pop out. Some of y'all are crying over morning sickness situations. But you can count it joy because in a little while, in a little while, it's going to be joy. Stop to tell you about God's, God's arithmetic. God can take my pain. He can take the trials. God's got a way of making it all add up. And it all be for my good. Lastly, I was in residency. I sit in residency and the professor dropped something on me. I had to stand up and walk around the room. I said, David, what's going on? I said, you don't realize what you just dropped in my spirit. Professor said, when individuals in this congregation were going through situations, he said his wife said to him, you know, what's going on or what's happening to them is not really what's going on. y'all missed it y'all missed that alright alright all right, all right. since, since y'all won't be churchy let me take you to the cross on communion Sunday you see on a hill called Calvary what was happening to Jesus was not what was really going on yeah yeah on a hill called Golgotha I was being redeemed. I was being restored. I was being reconciled. Whatever is happening to you in your life, you need to know that's not what's really going on. God is shaping, molding, and making us so that we'll be complete and lacking nothing. Lastly, you might be shouting right now. 
and you may not be going through anything right now, but I would challenge you, take today's message, put it in your back pocket, because one of these days, you're going to need to know how to respond and how to count it all joy. God bless you as we stand on our feet. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Praise our God. What a word, what a word, what a word. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. The doors of the church are open. If there is one who has never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time and today is your day. You've been counting it all trial, but you have yet to count it all joy. You've been looking at all the things that are breaking you, but you haven't looked at God making you. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. If there's one who's never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, come now. Now is the time. Today is the day. If you're worshiping with us online, you can just say, it's me. And we will acknowledge and respond. If there's one who's walked away from your relationship with Christ, but you're ready to come on home, we acknowledge that. We Many of us have done that in our lives. Amen? That's real quiet, but I know it's a whole lot more that can testify. I walked away for a season, and now I'm back home. If it's one, if there's one, come. And if you need a church home, just Redeemer is a great place to call home. Amen. If you need a church home, whether you're here with us or you're worshiping online, just say it's me. If you're here with us, come. The deacons are waiting. Oh, we offer Christ to you. Oh, my brother, oh, oh, we offer Christ to you, oh, my soul.